The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, just a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers as always to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. We're chatting West Cork hoops on this week's podcast. And to steer us in the right direction, we'll be joined by Pa Curran, teacher and basketball coach at Kalosta Fubble Vantry. The Bantry Secondary School has enjoyed a brilliant season on the court, contesting two All-Ireland Finals. And Pa will tell us all about it. But before all that, we're going to bring you up to speed with some of the big stories making the headlines in West Cork over the last week or so. And it didn't take long for the early season optimism around the Cork footballers to dissipate with John Cleary's side losing at home to Colm O'Rourke's Mead in the opening round of the National League on Sunday. Joe Brolly was particularly critical of Cork's approach on Twitter, saying Cork suffer from solo running disease. Head down, solo hard, hand pass. Head down, solo hard, hand pass, repeat. Meanwhile, Mead played with freedom, kicking long, and not worried if the ball was lost now and again. Colm treats them like adults, not robots. A revolutionary act. The result leaves Cork facing an uphill battle in Division 2 with games against Kildare and Dublin to follow and Kieran. You were at Park Aquive. Would you agree with Joe Brawley's assessment of how Cork played? If you heard a loud bang on Sunday evening, that was the bubble bursting, Jack, which was which is unfortunate. Uh, just a bad, bad start for the Cork footballers. The, there was momentum coming off the McGrath Cup. We were all encouraged by what we saw there. Three wins in a row. Um, good, solid displays. We, we we did put it in context even last week's podcast by saying it's only the McGrath Cup, so we couldn't read too much into it, but still, there were green shoots there, and there were reasons to be positive heading into the, the, the opener against Mead last Sunday. And for the first 50 minutes, you could say, like, Cork, Cork were leading. They were, they were two points up. Um, Cork were two points up also at halftime and should have been more up because they were the better team in the first half, and they did control it. But just th- th- that second act display was quite poor. Um, I think what stood out for me, I, I get what Joe Brody's saying there about Cork not kick passing the ball, and that was that was obvious. Like Mead really trusted that they're they're passing in, in the second half, and they really opened Cork up an awful lot. Whereas Cork there was a lot of lateral hand passing again, what we're used to over the last couple of years, trying to break the lines, trying to punch through the the Mead defense, but it just wasn't this wasn't working. And a lot of the time we saw Brian Hurley. Um, inside in the full forward line, and he was like a, and he just wasn't getting the ball inside. Like it was a frustrating day for 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 um for Brian Hurley. Uh, just yeah, that that second half, more questions than answers. Um, because 
it leaves Cork down no points obviously after the first game and with two hard games to come away to, to Kildare Newbridge this Sunday that's going to be a tough game because Kildare pushed Dublin to a point last weekend then after that it's February 19th Dublin come down to, to Parky Queen that's going to be another huge game for Cork and you have to say now we have the likely situation where Cork could have no points after three games so instead of a possible promotion push Cork could be looking over their shoulder at trying to stay out of a relegation fight like that is the reality that's why the game against Mead was so important there was a home game and the chance to put some points on the board and even though Cork were two points up what was it 51 52 minutes into the game they just I think it was Mead outscored Cork two four to one point in the next scoring burst um, and it just ended up yeah because Cork a bad day at the office it turned out Kieran on off the balls the football pod co-host James O'Donoghue was speaking ahead of the Mead game and he seemed to be quite optimistic about Cork's chances that's Kerry's James O'Donoghue uh, one of the best players of his generation so he had obviously seen something from Cork's pre-season that had given him confidence that Cork could maybe make a run at Division 2 but as you mentioned there was a strong first 50 minutes where Cork led for most of the game but again they fell away in the last 10 or 15 and that's something that's happened in most of the big games Cork have been involved in over the last two years, especially the Kerry games, where they've stayed in it and looked competitive for 50 minutes, 55 minutes. But then when it comes down to the crunch, they just can't stick in there or pull away or get the crucial points to leave them in a position of dominance going down into the final few minutes. And that was, again, the same story at Parker Cueve on Sunday. They looked good for large portions of the game, but when it really mattered, Mead were the team of the ascendancy. That's exactly it. And like you said, that's almost a, a, a team over the, the the last couple of years. But there are there are positives there. Like the first thing I'd like to urge Cork fans, don't have a knee-jerk reaction because this is the first game of the league. There's a long lead there. Division two is quite competitive. And we all always have to remember where Cork are in the pecking order right now. They are a mid-table division two team. That's realistically where they are. If you're looking at the promotion push for division one, I think you're probably looking at, at the Dublin and the, and the Derrys. It'll be interesting to see how we get on against Clare this weekend. Like, looking at Dublin and Derry is probably the top two in, in this division. So for Cork to finish mid-table, it's not the worst thing in the world because it's where they're at right now. That's Cork's level. I think what was disappointing the last day was that some of the, the old, failing, old failing surfaced again, like you said, kind of faded out in that last quarter. What was concerning too is Cork coughed up an awful lot of goal chances. Like the, the Cork full back line and the Cork defence was opened up far too easily. Um, even as early as the seventh minute with Shane Walsh's first goal, like he turned Kevin O'Donovan over in the sideline. He ran in almost without a hand on him and, and finished. Michal Martin had to make a really good double save in, in the first half um, from, from Mead as well when they got in behind that, that Cork full back line. If you look at the, the, the second Mead goal, which John Cleary described after as the vital goal, that's the score that pushed Mead ahead. It came from a Cork turnover. Mead struck fast, opened up Cork, finished well. But Killian O'Sullivan's goal, he's the, the, the Mead wing forward. Like that was a really bad goal to concede. He literally ran through the heart of the Cork defence with barely a hand put on him, and he finished well. But Cork would just open up far too easily. And in fairness, John clearly conceded that after. He said, you're not going to win any games conceding 3-14. Only Waterford in Division 4 conceded more than Cork did in the opening weekend of the National Football League. So straight away, there's something there like Cork really need to shore up that defence. Cork scored 19 points, which would win most games. Stephen Sherlock was on fire. He got 14, 11 more from, from play. But we have to think too, right? Brian Hurley didn't score from play and was served after 60 minutes. Conor Corbett didn't feature at all. 
Um, because I'm presuming that's because of his Sigerson Cup duties with DCU, so they want to manage his, his game load. Kahloman, he came off the bench, but he also has Sigerson Cup at the moment, so they're, they're trying to manage him as well. So add in Corbett, add in Kahloman, get Brian Hurley back on the scoreboard with, with Sherlock there. Like you have scores in that Cork attack. Chris Jones, to be fair, from Ivlera, he, he was a bright spot. I thought he showed up well at, at times. He got two points. But actually, one of the big talking points that's come out of this game is Sean Potter. Like in last week's podcast, Talia O'Sullivan and David Duggan said, Sean is a, is a talisman of this Cork team. He's so, so important. We've seen him played at centre-forward in the McGrath Cup, and he was there again against Mead. But, it's, as I saw Peter, uh, as I saw um, um, in, in the examiner on on uh, on Monday, is it Robin Peter to pay Paul? That's a Petty Kelly wrote. Because are we better having Potter back in the half back line where he can maybe get him more on the ball and, and, and running running from deep? He just didn't make that impact against me the last day. So a lot of questions for the Cork management to find answers for in the next couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, this game against Kildare on Sunday is, is a pretty big game. You'd hope that Cork can get something out of it. If they do, all of a sudden, the mood music changes again. If they don't, we're going to head into the Dublin game with no points on the board. So it's another big game for Cork. And I think what's going to be interesting here now is the Cork response. They've had a setback. The first loss of the season, and it's how these players respond from, 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 from this loss. So hopefully we will see a Cork reaction and hopefully we'll have a more positive um, Cork result to chat about next week. Here, just to finish on this segment, a quick report card for some of the West Cork players involved on Sunday. Obviously, we saw the return of Rory Dean of Bantry Blues. He got five minutes off the bench. Brian O'Driscoll from Tyg McCorrick was in this in from the start, which is great to see. We've obviously been calling for his inclusion for the last number of seasons. So to see him back involved, uh, despite the fact that they lost, it was nice to see him in action. Morris Shanley of Clonakilty was there. Rory McGuire from Castlehaven. Um, am I missing anyone? Obviously, you mentioned Brian Hurley and John O'Rourke from Carberry Rangers also saw some game time. So would anyone stand out as you as being particularly impressive from the West Cork contingent? And uh, were you happy to see Rory Dean's return and also Brian O'Driscoll's involvement? Like I said, it was a frustrating afternoon for Brian Hurley. He just wasn't getting the ball. He just he was you could see inside in both halves, like he was well marked by by, by Mead, but the ball just wasn't coming in fast enough from Cork. Like you're for someone like Brian Hurley, he's depending on, on the ball coming in. Like he'd drive off quick, fast ball inside. For Cork, like you said earlier, and Joe Brady in his tweet, there was a lot of solo running. They were they were trying to punch holes in in, the, in that Mead defense. They were trying to trying to carry the ball instead of, instead of kick passing. And that that actually stood out to me very early in the game. We touched on this in the McGrath Cup final. Brian O'Driscoll's kick passing against Limerick was one of the features of the game. He was picking out the Cork forwards with these, these really 30, 40, 50 yard passes, really incisive um, angled delivered passes. Didn't see one. I couldn't, I can't recall one pass from Brian O'Driscoll off his foot into the into the Cork attack. That's obviously a tactic that Cork were doing. Like there was a lot of holding onto the ball and they were waiting and they were being patient and so on. And I get that to an extent. But when you have the likes of Brian Hurley inside there, not getting the ball, like surely something has to change. So, um, like you said there, John O'Rourke and Roydin came off the bench in the second half. Didn't really impact the game, to be quite honest, because Mead were on top, on top in that in, in that final quarter. And, and it was all Mead doing the running there because they were just totally in charge. Like they, as, as they grew into the game, Cork faded. Morris Shenley was in the, the Cork full back line. He kicked a, a point in the 
in, in the first half. So we had a fair few West Cork lads there, but it's um, nothing really to write home about. I, I, I'll, be, I'll be quite honest. We're going to expect more in the next couple of weeks. But like I said earlier, it's just the first game of the league. Look across the whole leagues, like Kerry losing up in Donegal, Tyrone lost. Um, you've had big teams losing their, their opening game. So it's not really time to press the panic button. I think what happens here in Cork is that over the last couple of years, we're just so used to these false dawns. As soon as there's some bit of a hiccup, there's a bit of a pile on, and, and there shouldn't be. We cannot judge this John Cleary team till midway through the league. We have to be fair to him, be fair to the players, be fair to the management team that, that he's put in there. It's, it's a new setup. It's going to take time. It's going to be ups and downs this season, but we've got to be realistic where Cork are at in the pecking order. They're not going to win in North Ireland this year. Realistically, they're probably not going to win a Munster title when you look at how, how good Kerry are. Um, if a mid-table Division 2 finish would, would be would be acceptable, it really would, because we got to think too that there's the Talton Cup hanging in the background this year as well. The Talton Cup obviously is that secondary All-Ireland competition and it's now linked with, with the league. So I think it was Harley O'Sullivan in a Southern Star column, or did he say in the podcast, that um, if Cork can win more games than they lose in 2023, that would be a good year. So hopefully a lot of games to be played and a lot of football to be played. Okay, well, they get a chance to redeem themselves this Sunday when they travel to Newbridge at 2pm to take on Kildare in round two of the league. Sticking with GAA for now and Porrick Griffin's impact and legacy on Clonakilty GAA was celebrated at a memorial tournament last Saturday. The two-time Cork Senior Football Championship winner Wicklon passed away tragically last October and the current Clonakilty Senior Team organised an in-house tournament to honour the club legend last weekend, Kieran. This is a really nice idea and a really fitting tribute to, to Paul Trick Griffin. He's remembered as one of Clan's finest players of the, of, of the last couple of decades. He's a two-time Cork Senior Football Championship winner. Um, he was a, a Clan footballer that, that thrilled the home supporters and he tormented opposition, opposition defences right across the county. So the background to this is that the the senior players in the Clan Kilty senior football team, led by new club captain Mark White, they went to the new Clan senior manager Martin O'Brien um, with this idea because they wanted to remember Padre um, Griffin and they wanted to, I suppose, pay tribute to the man who did so much for Clan Kilty football over the years. So they decided to run an in-house tournament that was held in Ahmilla last Saturday. So there, there was four teams. Um, it was run in a, in a blitz format. Um, four teams made up of 60 players and the senior players in Clan wanted the under-17 players in Clan involved in this too, which was a really nice touch as well. And what I thought was a, another really nice touch is that and one of the under-17 players was presented with the Padraig Griffin, Padraig Griffin Rising Star Award from the Blitz on Saturday. So everything went off really, really well. I was talking to Martin O'Brien about this for um, Thursday, Southern Star. I think so there was 200 to 300 people in Ahamilla on Saturday, and that's not including the players. So that's a huge turnout. So with four teams, Team A, B, C and D, the captains were Mark White, Sean White, David Lowney and Joe Grimes. Um, so they played off in a Blitz tournament. I'm not going to reveal here who won the Blitz. You'll have to check out Thursday, Southern Star because we have pictures of all the teams um, that that took part and a write-up from it as well. But just to say, it was a really fitting tribute. And Martin O'Brien was, was telling me that, that Padraig's brother actually spoke to the players um, in the dressing room on on, on 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 Saturday. That's Mark Griffin. And 
Martin said it was really emotional and it was really insightful and really strong and really powerful because Mark Griffin gave an insight into, into Podrick, what made him tick, his commitment to training, his dedication to football, his love for Clan, and that really made an impression on the players. So brilliant, brilliant idea from the from the from the clan senior footballers and great to hear that it went off so well. And you can see Thursday Southern Star for a full write-up and pictures from the event. Yeah, lovely stuff, Kieran. Finally then. The Beamish Cup is back this weekend and one tie in particular that really catches the eye is a derby with a difference. It's Drina A against Drina B. Oh, this is the, the beauty of the Cup, isn't it? They have to have a, have a West Cork derby like this to have a, the Drina Rangers A team take on the, the, the Drina B team this this Sunday. Um, no team has home advantage. You have to say like no team has home advantage because they're obviously both Drina teams. But it's one of one of four Beamish Cup ties that that's on this weekend. So it's going to be quite a busy weekend on the, the West Cork League. And I'm just going to put up the fixtures here when I'm talking. So as well as Drina Rangers A versus B, which is a round one tie at 2pm on Sunday, we also have two more round one ties. Mizenhaw B against Barry United. We've Court Night Sherry against Dunmanway Town. And then in the preliminary round on Sunday, we've Clannacilty Soccer Club against Bunratty United. So as we know, Jack, the Beamish Cup, it's the it's the big cup here in West Cork. It's the, the FA Cup of the, the, the West Cork League. And just like the FA Cup is the has there's a lot of love about the FA Cup across the water right now. There's always been a lot of love about the Beamish Cup here. We never had a situation where like for Man United, kind of left the FA Cup 25 years ago, chewed into, into disarray. The Beamish Cup has always been front and foremost here in West Cork, and that's great to see. And we will have new champions crowned this year. Lyra Rovers, they bowed out, or they were knocked out in the, the open round. So the Cup is up for grabs. And the big heavy hitters are there, like we mentioned there, Clannacilty Soccer Club, the bridesmaids of this competition over the last couple of years. They've lost too many finals in a row that they'd like me to mention. Drina Rangers, who are top of the Premier League right now, and have Barry O'Driscoll and Hawthorne in top form. 17 goals for the season, Jack. 17 goals so far. 15 in the league, two in the Cup. Um, he's a man on form. He's probably been the top striker in the West Cork League over the last five, six, seven, eight years. So he's a man back in form. And now Barry, the Drina Rangers A striker, has the B team in his sights. But the cup is full of shocks. Look at last weekend. Look at Brighton did to the mighty, mighty Liverpool in, in the FA Cup. Um, so who knows? We could have the shock of the round for the Drina Rangers B team, dumped the A team out. Wouldn't that be some story for, for next week for next week's podcast? So yeah, big weekend for the Beamish Cup. We had our fill of the FA Cup last weekend, but it's time for the Beamish Cup to take centre stage and hopefully we'll get shocks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all we have time for in part one. But coming up in part two, we're chatting basketball with Pat Curran. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. One sport we haven't spoken about a lot on the podcast is basketball. And one school in West Cork in particular has been making waves on the court. Colossia Football Vantry competed in two All-Ireland Basketball Finals this year alone and their coach, Pat Curran, is going to join us in a moment. But Kieran, maybe just give us the context as to what these finals were and how big a deal they were for the school. Uh, Colossia Football Vantry even has made 
fantastic um, inroads in, in the basketball in, in, in the last 10, 11 years. It's really put West Cork schools basketball on the map. So I think it's five or six, actually six All-Ireland schools finals they've been in since 2017. So recently in the National, National Basketball Arena in Tala, the under-16 boys and the under-19 boys were both in B finals. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be their day. Both teams lost. But still, for 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 for, for the for the Bantry School to have two teams in All Ireland finals on the same day, it's a it's a an, an incredible feat and a testament to the great work that's been done in the school at the moment when it comes to basketball. But not just basketball, Clashter Public Bantry is doing superb work in all sports at the moment. They're really making um, an impression on the rugby field as well with their with their boys teams in the in the the the, the Munster Schools Senior and Junior Cup while your girls team will actually be playing Bandon Grammar in the Munster Schools Junior Cup, a huge derby in the next couple of weeks. So it's it, it's a school that's um it, it gives a really, really good sport opportunity to the students and and it's just it's it's just great to see. So what we did, we caught up with Pat Curran. He's been involved in Bentry basketball for the last number of years and he's done great work with the school. So this was the ideal chance just to, to chat with Pat, just to fill us in on, on basketball in, in the school, how things are going, what, what the future is, and even just to get a taste for the basketball in general in the Bentry region where the sport is quite strong. But when I started this chat with Pat, I wanted to find out a bit more about him and why he got into basketball in the first place and what he loves about this sport so much. A couple of years ago, Pat joined us for the, the West Cork Minute. It was back in 2018. And this will just give you a taster of, of Pat Corner when it comes to basketball. These are some of the questions we asked you, Pat. It's going to bring back some memories. We said, what do you think about when you're alone in the car? You answered basketball. What's the one thing you can't live without? Basketball. What do cats dream of? You said basketball. And we had one odd question in there. Well, one of many odd questions. What would you do if you found a penguin in your freezer? And you told us you teach them how to play basketball. So we can garner from that, Pat, that, that you like your basketball. So talk us through how this love affair started in the first place. Um, just before that, Kieran, just could I could I just send my sympathies to the Blount family um, on the passing of, of Gareth today. The Blount family are a really big basketball, Cork basketball family. And Gary, the dad, and Gareth, his son, are no past, sadly. But Gareth um, passed this morning. And, um, you know, he's a very young man and he, you know, I, I'm sure I speak for everybody in Bantry Basketball Club as well as the school in just sending our sympathies to, to the Blounts this morning. Um, and to answer your question, how did the love affair of basketball start? Um, I played basketball right up to under 18 with uh, Christy O'Neill in Bantry. Um, I kind of got sidetracked with soccer then for about a decade. I involved with Cork City, ended up there for a while and... Um, Always kind of kept interested in basketball, but didn't coach much. And then when, when we amalgamated schools here in 2011, um, I was after getting involved in the club locally here. And it was great that we we had a new hall and, you know, we started off with a with a with an under-16 team here in the school. Uh, Christy O'Neill would have given me a bit of help with that as well at the time. Um, there was another couple of teachers involved, Jamie Gahan, who's gone on to, to Dublin since. Mm. Um, it was, you know, I always say to the kids here when I'm teaching geography about, about um, you know, about uh, immigrants and stuff, that it was actually a bunch of Lithuanian kids got the school basketball going. They came to me and said, look, you're coaching the club. Would you mind putting in a school team? So we did. And, you know, they were the guys that started, started things off. And it's come from, I think, having an under-16 team in our first year 
to having 16 teams currently. So, um, yeah, it's a bug when you get stuck in it. And, you know, if you're around good people that are around, you know, that are involved in basketball, it becomes, you know, part of your part of your life, like any other sport, I suppose. It's 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 a hot topic in my house every day of the week. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I get stuck in it. As a player who played the game so growing up, no, you're on the, on the other side. Oh, of I just have to tell you there, no, I was no good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Modest is always best, but even now to yeah. be on the... Be on the other side coaching like how much satisfaction do you get from coaching how much do you enjoy it i love it um so like more the biggest satisfaction for me as a coach is seeing kids that you coached or the adults that you coach as kids still playing the game uh i love coaching the b teams to be honest um because you can see progress really quickly with them like the the new first year teams now that we have this year they're going to September, but they only actually played their first games this week. One of them just played a while ago, just before I came on to you. And just like our, our top graded team in first year would be all club players uh, who are coached by Fergal Cannon here in the club under 14. But the, the, the next grade down would be guy, a lot of guys that never played before until they came into the school. And there's great satisfaction in that, just seeing a quick improvement, you know, even from learning the rules to the footwork see a fella get his first ever basket, you know, that's that's the satisfaction. And really, obviously, winning is nice known again too, but um, that's not the, that's not what keeps me involved, really. It's, it's you know, seeing players develop and then seeing good players develop and go on to bigger things. Um, you know, we've, we've a few guys here in the school who, um, who have been on academies and girls who've been on the Munster Academy and a couple of guys that got to the last... 28 of the Irish under 16s this year. Unfortunately, didn't make the last 15, but they got a few, you know, they got a few nice trips, weekends, training out of it, and they enjoyed it, and it's pushed them on. It's it's brilliant to see the the growth in Bentry basketball, especially in the school as well. Like you said, there are 16 teams now across the school, and that's incredible. And that just highlights how far basketball has come in the school and almost put down roots to become part of the, the sport and culture in Clash to Pubble Bentry. It is, and we have a big sporting culture. Like we're open to everything here in the school. Um, anything kids want to play, we try our best to provide it for them, uh, providing there's a teacher available to do it. Um, so we've had, like, we've got five or six teachers now involved in the basketball, which is fantastic. So you can put in B teams, and you can get more kids involved. And um, you know, it's it's just great. And we have a wheelchair team. Um, we came second in the regionals a couple of months ago and there's there's more there's two more tournaments now we're entering in uh in march um which is great because we have one of the rebel wheelers O'Sheen O'Connor here as a student in the school and to see him playing it's incredible like because obviously you have able able-bodied kids sitting into wheelchairs to be part of that team to make up the team for him as well and they're nowhere near as good as him like it's 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 a it's the same ball but it's a completely different sport and the technique that he has is incredible and the way he moves up and down the court and you know they can't get the ball off, and so we're we're actually in the process as well of trying to get chairs for the school. Um, so Fergal Conlon from West Cork Development has has found some money for us. Uh, we're trying our goal is to get ten chairs, so we can train um, here in the school and bring our own chairs to games. Um, so if there's anyone out there that would like to, you know, good time to ask for a bit of sponsorship. I suppose when you're asked onto a podcast. If there's anyone out there that has any spare cash and would like to buy a chair for us, uh, we'd be more than willing to take it on. 
That's fantastic. And if anyone listening to this podcast does want to get in touch with Pat, you can find him on social media or just get in touch with us in the podcast and we'll we'll put you in, in touch with Pat. Um, I want to talk to a couple of weeks back. There are two teams from the school who are in All-Ireland Finals, which is a, an incredible achievement. Under-19B's um, All-Ireland Schools Final and the Under-16B Boys Schools Final. Unfortunately, the results of the day didn't go up entry's way. But what a fantastic achievement, Pat. Is that, that's five or six teams in the last couple of years from the school have got to All-Ireland Finals, which is a, an incredible achievement. It is, and you know, the first year season and second year season is only after starting, so I wouldn't rule out another trip to Tala um, because they're great kids and they're, you know, they're, they're good to coach. Yeah, it was a great achievement, I suppose. Um, you know, we 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 train hard, Karen, like, you know, uh, under 19s, under 16s, two-hour training sessions twice a week. The gym is open to them whenever they, they need to go in for, for that as well. Um, it wasn't, you know, it didn't come out of the blue and I wasn't surprised because the intensity of training is fantastic. Um, you know, and, you know, they, they really deserve to, they deserve to be there. It's just unfortunate. Now, I'll be honest with you, you know, with the, if we played the, the Dublin team in the final mile park five more times, they probably would still beat us. That was five times, but um, we put it up to them a bit. But they, I mean, they're an incredible team. The under-16 game, like when I spoke to you afterwards, you know, I told you like uh, I wasn't too disappointed after the game, but then when I watched it and saw the amount of shots we missed, I was pretty gutted, you know, because we, we missed a we missed a couple of couple of dozen three point shots, and if you sink three of them, you win the All Ireland, you know. So and we wouldn't normally would mm-hmm. the guys that hit them, but you know, it's funny we don't. When you're when you're practicing, when you're coaching basketball, shoot, shooting is kind of something a fella has to do in his own in his own time because you don't get you don't get a lot of time to spend on shooting. And um, most other schools, most a lot of clubs around the country would have a shooting machine where a fella can go in and do an hour and might get a thousand shots up. Whereas if you you know if, if you need someone to rebound for you, you might only get a hundred shots up in the hour. Mm-hmm. So it's something we're going to have to look into getting because uh, the level of shooting in, in the A-League is going to be different class again. So we just have to keep up with them, you know. And it's also, I suppose, for the kids themselves, you know, there's a golden generation of Irish kids now spending, you know, going to America, either to prep school or to, to, um, to you know, D3 colleges, if they're good enough, D1, a lot of them. But I can see that happening down the line here in Bantry where, you know, you might have one or two heading to the States after they finished school here um, because we, we, we would always have maybe one or two really, really good players in each team that, that basketball would be their number one sport. And, you know, there's there's kids in Cork doing it. I don't see why the kids back down this direction can't do it. Actually, Gabriel O'Mahony from Skibbereen, who plays in the um, Ballancolic under 18 team that I coach, he's looking to go to America next year. Um, there's a Skibbereen connection with the with with a, an agent out there, um, Kieran Quinn, um, he's got a nephew playing for for Skib, so I think Gabriel's after getting in touch with him, and he's sending him some video footage, and hopefully he'll get um, you know he he'll get something out of it at the end of the year. Brilliant, that's great to hear. And you made a point we were talking after either before or after the All Ireland Schools Finals, where the, the, your school in Bentry, it's almost as far from Tella as 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 you can get for from a for for a school to travel, but. For a, a rural school, for a school from West Cork, 
to, to hit those heights and get to the All-Ireland final. And they can just skull probably Steve Lucre and Ratmore, who've had great success in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's it's great to see these rural schools really putting up to the city boys to get the strong, the strong heartland of basketball in Ireland. It is like, and you know, again, uh, Ratmore have a have a guy called Jim Hughes, who spends his life coaching basketball down there, and you know that's that's his. He's addicted as well, you know, and and he, he puts a huge amount of time into it. They're traditionally Ratmore school, or I mean, they're they're in a, you know, for a while, quite a while, and that's down to the work that's been put in there. It's great to see. It's fantastic to see the rural schools. Um, where we are traditionally a GA community and it's becoming a thing where people like to play basketball in the off season, the GA, which I have no issue with. Obviously I prefer everyone to have, have basketball as their number one, but I have no issue with GA players coming to me and saying, can I play a bit of basketball? We have a kid here now uh, in school, Shane Renan, and he was caught minor hurler last year. And I did try him in second year because he's a big lad to see what he played a bit of basketball, but what he just didn't at the time. And, I actually came to him this year and I said, Shane, give it a go. You know, you'll never know. He played about 20 minutes in the Ireland final last week and he was fantastic. And he's after catching the bug now. And, you know, I keep saying to him, Shane, this is something you can play till you're nearly 50. And I'd say it's something that he will do now every winter, even though he's a big J man. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it would be a second sport to him. But at the same time, he, he hopefully played for the Bantry men's team at some stage and, you know, enjoy it and add to the team it's been a good few years for basketball in the wider Bantry community apart from the school Bantry Basketball Club has had success in the last couple of years too what you put all that down to the kind of the I suppose the boom is probably the wrong word to use Pat but you know like this, this increased interest and success around Bantry Basketball uh, there's a great committee there now uh, headed by Neve O'Neill she's a coach of the um, the women's team as well and Claire uh, Russell who's a secretary here in the school she's also secretary of the basketball club there's a great connection between all the people in the club now. Um, there's really, lot, there's great communication. We, we, they're really, they're great to help us out with hall times and stuff like that. I, I only coach one team in Bantry this year, the under twelve boys, and you know the support I get from the committee is fantastic. So, and last year they put together the, or they they um, applied for the junior NBA, which was a massive thing. Um, all the primary schools, local primary schools would have got involved in it and came into Gloucester Bubble on a Friday and a half day and, um, you know, got coaching from the coaches in Bantry Basketball Club and there was a blitz put together and they ended up going to Dublin to Tala as well for a day out, um, which was great. Like, so there's a huge, there's a huge buzz in the community the whole time about basketball. There's game, I was briefly, got the end of a game here last night, a Division 2 men's game against Neptune where Bantry won. I, I think there's a different Division Three game now, men's game tonight, but the kids' games are fantastic here as well. And the, you know, we, we get a big crowd in um, downstairs here in the school. Uh, it's great. There's a there's always a good buzz. And like pre-COVID, a basketball match was never called off before because you know it's indoors and it, it it's fairly reliable. Because uh, you, you made a great point earlier too about um, that it was a chain. Shane Connor was it who's who's played with um, playing basketball with the school now. And he was obviously Shane Renan. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. Um, and he has that the the, the, the GA background with playing basketball. Like the skills from basketball are so transferable to other sports. We have an interview with Gillian Coombs in, in in this week's Southern Star. She played basketball with UL Huskies and Skibbering Eagles, and she's now playing rugby with Ballon College. And she played with them um, Munster Women's and Interpro. And she's Gavin Coombs's 
um, older sister, but she was telling me just about those transferable skills that she, what she learned in basketball, she can take a rugby. So can, just for, for listeners out there, like what can you take from basketball? How beneficial is it for people from other sports to try out basketball and how much can it be, benefit their, their first child sport then? I would say to me, the, the number one thing is decision making. Um, in the game of basketball, you probably have about 40 decisions to make in the space of 24 seconds. Um, you're going from offense to defense really, really quickly. Um, so those transitions are, are really good for, you know, spacing. Where am I going next? Um, am I running here? Am I cutting? You know, am I on the ball? Just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a massive sport for decision making. I think that can help every sport. Um, movement. I mean, there's no such thing as a, a back or a forward. You're both. You know, you're in offense, so you're in defense, and you're in defense, you're in both. So you have to learn all the skills. You have to be a good defender. And defending in basketball is quite similar to to GA. Obviously, you can't touch the person on the ball, but you can. You're, you know, the clock is your friend. You're trying to stay ball side of them all the time until the clock runs out, and force them into a you know a difficult shot rather than letting them near the basket. So a lot of that stuff is, you know, and the fitness, obviously, you know, you're you're up and down, very short sprints. You might get a five second break when the ball goes dead. Um, that's another thing the, the, the lads from the GA would always say to me when they go back to GA season, they're always fitter than the guys that didn't play basketball because they've, you know, they've this extra little bit of movement going on in, in the in the basketball that you mightn't get in soccer and GA. You know, I suppose when you think of soccer and GA, if you're a if you're a, a centre back, you're covering the same patch of ground for most of the game. Um, if you're a cornerback in GA, you're you're uh, even though the game has developed into cornerbacks moving up the field a bit more, you're you're still kind of you could be stopped for a long time in the game. There's no stop in basketball. You're up and down, up and down all the time, and you're you know you're 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 transitioning from being a, a forward, I suppose, to a back very quickly. I suppose if you put put in those terms. In a sense, so before we let you go, Pat, on what the rest of the, the school year looks in terms of basketball, what competitions the, the school will be keep competing in the next couple of weeks and months? So we're done now with the seniors, the, the under-16s and the 19s. Um, we kind of concentrated on the cup. If we if we kept the leg in with the league, we, we probably would be still playing nationally, um, but we didn't get to the league final in 16 or 19s. So that's done, but we are, we've we've eight teams on the go now at the moment. We've Four, uh, two first year, four first year teams, two boys, two girls, four second year teams, two boys, two girls, and they're going to they're they're all in the middle of their league games. We just played our first game there an hour ago um, against Christians, the first year boys, the, the highest grade team, and they had a very good win. Um, so that's those eight teams, and then our wheelchair team will have um, two tournaments, two competitions. Um, I'm not sure the dates now, but. They'll be coming up pretty soon, and a lot of the guys that played in the under 16 all Ireland final will be playing in those as well. Oh, brilliant. Uh, congrats on the success so far this season and continued success on the hard courts of Bantry Pet. Thanks very much, Karen. Appreciate it. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, we already touched on some of the features coming up in this week's Southern Star Sports section, but maybe gives us a bit of a cross section of what to look forward to. Yeah, plenty in this week's Southern Star Sport. As usual, I have an interview with Gillian Coombs, 
the skipper in rugby player, the older sister to Munster Ireland star Gavin Coombs. And Jeannie was on the Munster Interpro women's team that won the, that title a couple of weeks back. So I chatted to her about her story, her how she got involved in, in rugby and her journey from from Skibbereen to to the to the to the Munster team. So it, it's a it's a really interesting read um with with um with Gillian Coombs. Also to say congratulations to the Salane under 12 girls school girls soccer team who are through to the last 16 in the National Cup. So with the full story of that they are flying the West Cork school girls flag on the national stage. Also Joe McCarthy spoken to to the Drina Rangers women's soccer team who are flying high at the top of the West Cork League Sevens um, uh, tournament at the moment. So we get a, an update on how things are going there. There's also Munster success for the St. Brogan's secondary school um, team in their intermediate camogie final last weekend. So we've um, we've an update from that. And also, Jack, um, as well, there's obviously a lot more in, in this week's Southern Star, but I know we're getting tight for time. Just want to touch on on one remarkable um, achievement on Monday night. Cork City were in the, the Munster Senior Cup. They took on Castledew and they beat them 4-1. There was four, at one stage, four West Cork players on the pitch at the same time. Four young fellas from West Cork who were, who were making names for themselves with Cork City at various levels. So with John O'Donovan from Ardfield, with Sam Bailey, um, who goes to secondary school in Clannacilty, Aaron Mannix from Dunmanway, and we had Liam Murray from Coram, who's in school in Skibbereen. So that, that's four West Cork young fellas on the pitch at the same time for the Cork City senior team, which is a remarkable achievement. And just to note too that Neve Cotter from Bandon, uh, she made her debut for the Cork City um, women's senior team last weekend as well. So it's just great to see that these young West Cork sports people are, are flying the West Cork flag on, on, on such a high stage. And it's great to see them go from strength to strength. And just as a teaser for our Star Sport podcast listeners, in the next couple of weeks, we will run our next generation feature in the Southern Star Sports section. So that's our annual feature where we profile and look at some of the top young sporting talents in West Cork across all sports. It was an eight-page feature last year. It'll be an eight-page feature again this year. So that'll be, I think it's two weeks' time, that'll be in the Southern Star. So that's well worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Always one to look forward to. And we'll, of course, cover that feature on the podcast as well to just give you a taste of some of the exciting young sports talent that's coming through West Cork and who to expect Coming up on the scene in the next number of years. All that's in this Thursday's Southern Star in shops across West Cork and further afield from Thursday morning. But as always, if you're on holidays or if you live abroad or you just can't get to the shops for any reason and want to still be able to enjoy the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone, you can do so for less than €2 per week when you subscribe online. Just go to www.subscribe.southernstar.com i.e. and it's as easy as that you can enjoy access to the southern star any day anytime from anywhere in the world thanks for listening to the star sport podcast and thanks as well to our producer dylan mangan if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts slan tommel